Welcome to another fabulous episode of Sports Matters, and also Merry Christmas to you all. The roads are empty, which is awesome. It was easy for me to get to the studio. This is the fourth annual Sports Matters Christmas show. I'm so excited to have my friend Steph Moffey back in studio once again for the Christmas show here. Thank you so much for uh, making your way down here during the holidays. Thanks for having me, Kev. It's awesome. I, you know, it's like I can't believe it's the fourth one we've done. So <laughs> it's uh, the time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. So we're getting things situated here. It is Christmas Eve, the morning Christmas Eve. And let's cut out the music there. I was trying to throw in a little Christmas music, but it just didn't work out. That's all right. That'll be good. That'll be the closing song. (laughs) Nice. uh, What's been going on with you? I know you one less monkey band. Yep. Still doing that quite a bit. Playing a lot in South County. Uh, Play at uh, Hennessy's down in San Juan every other Friday night. And... uh, Starting at the end of January will be every other Saturday night at Brio and Dana Point. You know, oh, so nice. we got some regular shows that people can come see us. You can check us out on onelessmonkey.com. You can uh, follow us on Bands in Town, which is a really cool app for people if they want to keep track of their favorite bands, whether it's a real famous band or just a local uh, cover band. You can go to bandsintown.com, get the app, and it'll tell you when the band is playing near you. So. That's a, cool. So it's called Bands in Town. Yeah, all and it's one an word. app. Yeah, and it's an app available on Bands uh, in Town app. Yep. And then onelessmonkey.com. Yep, is the, the website, yeah. And if you go to Bands in Town, you just put in one less monkey and it'll find the band and you just tell it you want to track it. They won't send you any advertising, they won't send you anything. They'll just tell you, "Hey, this band is in town." You know, so uh it's it's a pretty good deal. You so know, Brio and, and Dana Point, Brio. Yeah. That's a nice event. Oh yeah, it's a great it's a great venue. They have great food down there. The staff is awesome. Uh so we definitely enjoy playing that show and and of course Hennessy's um got a great staff over there and and uh in fact we're doing uh New Year's Day we'll be at Hennessy's from 2 to 6. So if you didn't party too much on uh, New Year's Eve, and you got the day off, and you're looking for something to do. From 2 to 6, we'll be down at uh, San Juan Capistrano, Hennessy's. And uh, and they'll have the bowl games on, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, they'll have them all going. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to my boy Josh out there at Hennessy's um, and the whole Hennessy staff, Sheebs, everybody. So, uh, um, yeah, so it's been really good. Been staying really busy with that and with, you know, working at Fender, you know, my dream job. So between those two things, been staying pretty busy. Yeah, it's not even like work if it's the dream job. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. It's, you know, it's guitar 24-7, so who can complain, you know? Well, to keep up with, with tradition, because we'll dive into NBA basketball, but I am rocking the Lakers shirt. I see that. Steph's got his Fender shirt. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, and of course, I've got the perfect face for radio, so. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to simulcast yeah. this on TV, that's for sure. Well, a lot of great things going on. First of all, I just got to get this off my chest. What a bummer for the Rams this year. It's been an up-and-down season. It's been a lot of inconsistency, a lot of it on the offensive side of the ball and some on the defensive side. And, well, the season came to an abrupt end on Saturday night. Oh, yeah, it did. And, you know, it's so funny because um, when Sean McVay came in, you know, um, just hit the ground running and the Rams were off and they were just doing all this great stuff. And now they don't make the playoffs, and everybody wants to blow it up. You know, exactly. It's it's kind of like you know Lakers lose two in a row, and they just want to dismantle the team. It's like, 
no, you, you know, none of that knee-jerk reaction is necessary. You know, just figure it out. I think it would have been better if they had gotten Todd Gurley a little bit more involved, you know, in the offense early in the season so they didn't have so many losses because when he touched the ball, they were winning. So maybe That's true. And he's not, you know, everybody knows he's not as explosive a Todd Gurley as he used to be, but he still made a difference. And he was able to give you, you know, uh, play action possibilities that you don't have if you don't have a running game. So. Right, for this style of offense to work. And it's also the uh, other teams have caught up to them because it started with the Chicago Bears last year when they played the Bears on the road. They figured out, oh, okay, they're going to put eight in a box. Yeah. And say, try to beat us there so, so they can, you know, stop the Todd Gurley show. Yep. And so a lot of teams do that. The Patriots, you know, copy that for the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. So you just got to readjust and just get better. It's it's you're you're right there. I mean, there's several games that they just let go. Like, well, the missed field goal against Seattle in Seattle that that game that they had won. Yeah, that game. Despite was Russell Wilson having a perfect passer rating. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely their game. You know, to give away, and that's what they did. You know, so. You know, and again with the 49ers on Saturday night, you know, a missed field goal, a pick six. I mean that was they lost by three. You know, Absolutely. You, so those are all winnable games, but you know I, I just think uh, like you said, a lot of people have figured out the Rams, and so it's now it's up to Coach McVeigh to actually start making some changes that they can't figure out, or at least keep the defenses off balance when they show up, you know, for a game. So or even having another offensive mind, you know, possibly an offensive coordinator to 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 challenge him and. You know, to kind of evolve, if you will. Sure. You know, have this offense doing new things and, and just prepare for each week that you go into is, is prepare for the worst-case scenario. You just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think, you know, nobody's really questioning Wade Phillips. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's a defensive guy. He's just – he knows his stuff. And, you know, so the Rams have been doing pretty good on that, but – they have a really good young defensive coach that's on the Rams. He's, he's a defensive backs coach now. He's been there f- probably the last three, four seasons. His, his coach Aubrey Pleasant, and I'm telling you, he's prime and ready to become a defensive coordinator. It could be, you know, at the time too. I mean, Wade, it's great having him there. He's the wizard of the defense, but yep. but having someone the young energy that's really in tune to today's NFL that could be a you know a, a possibility that. You know, going into next season, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of things that's going to go down. You know, from now until next season. But I'm with you. It's like it's no need to be doom and gloom and blow the team up. And, no, yeah, you because know, this is the team you have, and exactly, you so, just got to get better. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you still have you know Aaron Donald. Re- you know, he's leading the charge on the defensive side of the ball. So you know, there's still going to be quarterbacks shaking in their boots whenever he's on the line. So I, you know, and I guess. That's what you're saying too, is to have uh, somebody similar to that defensive back coordinator on the offensive side of the ball to help out Sean McVay, so he doesn't have to do everything. Right, right. So they can evolve, sure, and, and do new things. And yeah, it, it's so tough to win in the NFL, especially with football when it's eleven on eleven, and you have eleven different guys on offense, eleven different guys on defense, and you have the special teams. There's so many variables that go on in this game. Yep. So hard to win. Yeah. So be thankful. You know, hopefully uh, the Rams get it back together and next year, you know, know, they could do what the 49ers did this year. Yeah. Well, not, you know, every team can't go 16 and 0. That's impossible. You know, teams got to lose, you know. So, um, 
But yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where uh, it would be nice to see you know all of the uh, Southern California teams winning all the time, but you know it just doesn't happen that way all the time. So it doesn't happen that way, but it's definitely been decent here in Southern California. Sure, you know I mean we we didn't have any football at all for twenty plus years, and then we get two teams. You know, and and both were in the postseason last year. One went to the Super Bowl. Exactly. So you know, I think that's still a pretty good run for not having football for so long. So, yeah, you know, and then the new stadium's going to open next year, and that's going to be uh, very exciting. To I may have to go check out a game just to just to experience it because sure. just that whole megaplex. It's not just the stadium that's going to be there. Once it's all complete, obviously you got the Hollywood Little Park Casino still going to be there. On one side of the section, they're going to have hotels. They're going to have commercial development. You know, like another spectrum. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it'll be spectrum. it'll it'll be nice to see that you know finally get finished. So. Well, we got to get ready for the Olympics. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, you know, it, we did a good job in '84. I think we'll do a good job next time. So it's I'm not worried about that. I'll tell you one team that's really got me excited. They're so exciting to watch is that Patrick Mahomes led. Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if you've seen this kid. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty impressive, especially if you saw that injury he took on that quarterback sneak. Yes, you know where his knee was like not inside of his leg is like, you know, stuff sticking out. And they went down the field and put it back in place, and now you know this kid's back out there and playing and and killing it. So. That's really impressive. You know, quick turnaround for him. So you know, it's 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 Patrick Mahomes. You know, somewhat and Kyler Murray. You know, even though he's a rookie, is somewhat similar in their throwing style. Is that they both play baseball. Kyler Murray could have easily gone in and become a major league player. Sure. sure. You know, I don't know if we'll ever see the two sports star like we had. You know, with Bo, Bo Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. I, I tell I talk about I talk to the kids these days, and I always talk about Bo Jackson. I go, that was. To me, the greatest athlete I've ever seen was was Bo Jackson. Yeah, and he, you know, if if not for injury, he probably could have played a third sport too. So it's like, you know, because he was very talented, extremely talented, Scre- extremely talented and strong, and you know, physical. And I mean, football was a hobby to him. Yeah, but the only uh, pro athlete to ever make it to the uh, All Star team for baseball, as well as the Pro Bowl for football. Yeah, you know, which is which is outstanding. But Kansas City Chiefs, I like the throwing style of Patrick Mahomes because, you know, getting back to that baseball reference, he does a lot of, like, sidearms, like the old Kent to Colby, you know, those kinds sure. of passes that are just on the money. Yeah, and in, and he's got some Brett Favre in him, too, as far as, like, he'll, he, he scrambles and does a lot of, you know, hot dog little tricks that he does. actually pay off, you know. So um, it's it's definitely fun to watch, fun fun to watch that football. But NFL's exciting, you know, because we don't know who really is going to come out of the NFC because it's stacked right now. You got the 49ers, the New Orleans Saints. You know, the 49ers do lose to Seattle next week, then the New Orleans Saints will have home field advantage again yeah. throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I. They're pretty balanced. They got Drew Brees. Yeah, I just don't know if the 49ers are going to lose to Seattle. I, you know, because Seattle's banged up. You know, that's why they went out and got Marshawn Lynch. I mean, just hearing about that guy coming back, it's so it's funny. It's so tough because you know? they've had a good season, and then you lose both your starting running backs. Yeah. That, that's just hard. Chris Carson, I mean, that's our cowbell right there. Yeah, and, and so you're going out and getting a guy that you don't even know if he's in game shape, but you have to roll that dice because you're hurting, you know. So that's why, I, I don't know, I – 
as much as I hate to say it, I think the 49ers, you know, I think they can take care of business. We'll see what happens. I, I think they can, too. You know, I said this a season ago, and, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Before he got hurt, I thought the 49ers w- would make a nice run and be a, a wild card team. Well, this year, I guess I was right in a sense that they've really shored up their defense, and Jimmy Garoppolo healthy. Look at them. They're 12-3. and three. Sure. You know, definitely a, a contending team. And then Green Bay, they're pretty well balanced, too, at 12-3. and three. They had a nice game last night. They just took down the Vikings. Yeah, the, the big thing is you can't sleep on Baltimore. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. 13-2, I know. Lamar Jackson, he's another exciting quarterback to watch. Yep. The fact that, yes, we know he can run, but he's being smart about it, running on the outside, getting quick 10 yards. It's his throwing. The accuracy from his throwing is... Nobody uh, expected that. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, too, is if you're that accurate and if you can throw, you know, with regularity like that, then it's harder to figure out what you're going to do. Because if you're running all the time, pretty soon people are looking for it. If you can throw and run, if you, you know, got both weapons available to you, then you can uh, easily, you know, throw, keep the, the defense off balance. So Yes, you can. With the Green Bay Packers, it's it's so hard to pick, you know, who's going to be in this Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, Matt always likes to do hot takes. I've already said it. I said I'm, I'm riding the Mahomes train all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but I'm not going to discount what, what Baltimore has done. And I tell you what, Baltimore gets a second crack. I mean, they're going to be at home against Kansas City. You know, it's just going to be great for playoffs. This, this, this is going to be a great playoff run like it always is in the NFL. But this year, you got some really, really good teams all bunched up at the top. They're just going to knock each other down until the last one survives. Well, and I think also, you know, throughout the season, you know, it's it's player talent, you know, to try and get to the playoffs. But I think, you know, coaching really comes into play once you get into the postseason, you know. It does. Yeah, so Coach Reed's going to be, you know, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I mean, it's like I'd like to see him have a title before he retires. So. And it's also having the best quarterback. You look on the AFC side, you know, all the division winners are pretty much set. Houston has Deshaun Watson, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, you know, the three young up-and-coming quarterbacks. But yep. They're, they're going to be here to stay. Yep. And then Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, 42. <laughs> <laughs> wins like his 90th division in the row. <laughs> Still going to the playoffs. It's yeah. so funny. And you know, it's funny to hear all the rumors about, well, he might leave and maybe he'll go to, you know, San Diego. Well, LA, I guess. It's, I still get stuck saying San Diego, but it's still, you know, talking about him going to the Chargers because maybe Phillip will retire and I don't know. Until, you know, you actually see him, you know, moving out here, you know, I, I don't Until know. he says that words, I'm retiring. Yeah. Football's been great to me, but I'm moving on. But he really has this drive to play till he's 45. Well, and as long as he's still effective, yeah. why not? You know, you can still throw the rock. You know, towards the end of Peyton Manning's career, especially his last season, you know, he was injured and he just didn't have much on his arm. Yeah, you know, but he had he did enough to, yeah. to help win that Super Bowl, and you know, it's good to see him fly out and absolutely. Absolutely. While Drew Brees is breaking all his records. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy couldn't even enjoy his records, you know, for a little bit of retirement. But. Yeah, hopefully hopefully now that the Rams aren't in the postseason uh, and um, New Orleans is, hopefully the fans in New Orleans will stop talking about, you know, the previous season and the bad or the missed call or something. It's like, ah. The, yeah. the no call, yeah. yeah so to get over because I know there was footage of you know showing that the ball was tipped, you know, so you can get in a whole discussion about well, if it's tipped, then it's no longer pass interference, right? You know, and it's like it's over. You can't get it back. 
But the thing is with that game, you know, since you brought it up, it's like, okay, that was a bad a momentum twister. And sure. Okay, they end up with three points. They still go up by three, okay, instead of having the touchdown lead, which ultimately probably would have won the game. Yeah. But still, the Rams still had times, but their, their defense didn't stop the Rams from driving all the way down and tying the game up. And then who got the ball first in overtime? The exactly. New Orleans Saints. Exactly. And they had plenty of opportunities, scoring opportunities, where they could have, you know, gone in for a touchdown and settled for a field goal, you know. There was at least twice that I remember they they could have scored touchdowns and didn't. So it's like if you're trying to hang it on a single play, it's like you know right. you're wasting your time. It's they had plenty of opportunity and they blew it. So well, NFL put in this new rule where you can challenge a no call, a pass interference, and it turns out the numbers show less than one percent were actually overturned. Yeah. So, they basically just put that rule just to shut up New Orleans fans. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just let it go. It, it, it's painful. It's tough when your team doesn't win. Only one team can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But let's say they get there and they lost. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. it's history. It's water under the bridge. Forget about it. But you got this new season right here. What is New Orleans going to do? Because Drew Brees exactly. is playing really well down the stretch where he wasn't last year. Yeah. Down the stretch. They thought, oh, he's done. Yeah, so here's a chance for the team and the fans to say, okay, if we had gone, we might have you know won the Super Bowl. You know, It's like, okay, prove it now. You're in the postseason. Prove it now. You know, Here's your chance. You can go all the way. You know, and it's like, and if you don't go all the way, you can't blame that on the Rams. No. You know, so. Well, yeah, it's probably, that's probably the silver lining in all this, that the Rams are not in the postseason. We'll have to hear from the New Orleans fans. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's all good in the Bayou. They got LSU and oh, you know, know. a lot of great things going on down there. Yeah, Heisman yeah. Is, is there at LSU this year, too. So we'll see how that goes. It, um and I think you were telling me that, uh, you know, um, the Anteaters football and basketball is still doing really well. Basketball, there's no football here, but the Anteaters men's basketball. So, yeah, that's a good segue. Then we'll get into our NBA matchups here on Christmas Day. Yeah, I, always, see- I always think football because yeah. you always have the um, the Rams camp the here. The Rams camp here, I always think of football. That's the beauty. I I, I interviewed artist uh, Twyman from the, from the Rams. He's the senior director of communications. I said, what made you choose a school that doesn't even have a football program? He goes, those soccer fields. Yeah. He goes, those soccer fields are nice. He goes, yeah. that's just perfect for uh, to, to hold camp. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, and it has been. They'll be here uh, next year. Yeah, plenty of room. Of fact. Yeah, so that'll be great. Plenty of room for them to you know, to, to get refocused, and it's a new season. But until then, the UCI uh, Irvine men's basketball team, they actually did something really cool a couple weeks ago. They finally retired Coach Scott Brooks's number. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw that you yeah. posted that, and yeah. I saw it in the news. That's awesome. Yeah. Scotty Brooks finally getting his number retired. That's yeah. awesome. And, and, and it, I mean, some people say, why did it take so long? Huh, you know, sometimes that's just the way things are. But the thing is, they've done it. He's the second jersey to get retired. There's another gentleman by the name of Kevin McGee, who Scott Brooks says he's probably the greatest anteater to ever play. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, for UCI. It was great to see him get recognized, and he's so humble. Yeah. And he's just one of those coaches that he's very grateful for what he has, and yep. he's really good with the with the young men that he coaches. You know, he coached Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Hardner young days. He drafted a lot of those guys and sure. built that team. Yeah, oh yeah. So he's with the Wizards now, and I asked him what the challenges were with the Wizards, and mainly he's teaching these young men how to be a professional athlete, how to how to be a, just a pro in general, and, and teaching them about life. I mean, there's more to basketball than just you know, there's a lot more to life than just basketball i guess that's what i meant to say yeah well but, you know, uh, but it, he loves the challenge he loves the challenge of taking a young team and building them up yeah and that's i think when you talk pro sports and you talk you know guys coming from college or nowadays you know some players come from high school and 
maybe they were the biggest kid, you know, on their block and they were the biggest kid at their school. And now they get into the pros and there's a bunch of big kids, you know, they're all big. They're all men, you know, so fast. Yeah. And so it's (laughs) like, okay, hold on. I'm not the biggest fish in the pond anymore. I'm, you know, now I've got to compete against guys that are my size, you know? And so it's, it's definitely a different dynamic. And some guys, you know, it's hard for them to adjust to that mentally because they were so used to being, you know, the, the big cheese and everything. And now, you know, it's like now they're on equal playing field. It's like, okay, now I got to be better, you know? So, but the team this year that the Irvine has, they had nine freshmen coming in. So two of them are red shirted. So you got seven freshmen and they have six, you know, returning players from a year ago that went to the NCAA. They won their first ever NCAA game last year, which awesome. is huge Yeah, for a small, I mean, for not a, as big a school compared to the other big programs. Absolutely. You know, Coach Turner, his coaching staff has done an amazing job here. And, and it's fun to watch. And they're, they're so fun to watch. I love watching college basketball. Going to the live games, it just it's so competitive, and you know, and anybody can go to those games, right? I mean, it's it's not strictly for the the alum. No, no, you know, it's it's, it's like, for the community. Anybody here, and it's like it's so much cheaper than going to a NBA game these days. Oh yeah, and you get to see some studs like Colin Velp, who's a sophomore now. He had a big game for uh, Scott Brooks that day. He went off. He hit. Something like ridiculously, like 10 consecutive shots, and five of those were three-pointers. And, you know, he finished with a career-high 31 points. That's awesome. And he just he was just feeling it. Yeah, that's has, awesome. You know, especially on a, on a retirement jersey, you know, game like that. You yeah. Know, you want to get the W. Yeah. You know, they're playing a team, Eastern Michigan. There's some, there's some big guys on that team. Yep. You know, it's that, that northern – you know, style of basketball. That's you know, there's nothing to do back home. You know, back in back in that area, when it's cold, you play basketball. Yep, because yeah. it's got to be an indoor sport. So. Yeah. Well, moving on up, we got a, a a wonderful NBA lineup here. Well, it's probably not as spectacular as it has been years past. But the first game of the morning, that's actually going to be a fun game. It's nine o'clock in the morning. If you're up that early on Christmas Day, which I know most parents are, because the kids are probably already done open their presents by then. Yeah. <laughs> Boston at Toronto. Boston's the second seed in the uh, East. Toronto's the fourth seed. Well, even without Leonard, they're still a championship team. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing that's so interesting is that Toronto, you know, is still doing well, even though Kawhi Leonard's gone. They're still doing well. So it was more than just him that won that title, you know, because they've got a lot of great players on their team. So for them to still be competitive, you know, after losing a guy like that, I'm impressed. And there's another player that's like blowing up in the superstardom is uh, Pascal Siakam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was he was clutch, you know, last year in the postseason, but he really came of age last year, and this year he's just really blowing up. I'll be surprised if he doesn't make the all-star team, you know. I mean, I think he's he's definitely qualified himself to be considered for all-star, so. Absolutely. And I wonder what the NBA is going to be doing with this All-Star game. You know, last year, you know, kind of spiced things up a bit. I was always saying maybe we could do like a fun three-on-three type yeah. tournament and, you know, have all the all the All-Stars, but you split them up in different teams and just do a quick little three-on-three tournament. Kind of like Something that, fun. Kind of like that big three league that they have where it's yeah. like the retired players are playing. Yeah. 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 That would be kind of cool. I know Ice Cube was trying to get Kobe to play there, but Kobe's like, "No, nope, I got no. my thing going." No, he's done. He, you know, he's not going back. No, he's already what? What? What has he done since he's been retired? Oh, he's won an Oscar. <laughs> 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 he's yeah. doing a lot of bunch of other stuff, and 
coaching his girls' basketball team. So that's he's doing what he wants to do. He wants to be with his family. He doesn't want to miss that family time. And and this is this is the time of year where you get that good, great quality family time, Christmas. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned Kobe, and we haven't talked about baseball really that much yet. I want to kind of tie those two together real quick because, you know, you were talking about the Rams and everything. One of my disappointments was, you know, the Dodgers. Now, yes. with Kobe, when, you know, it was his retirement year, you know, he was getting, you know, they did a retirement tour and it, the Lakers weren't, you know, any threat to go to the finals, you know, let alone make the playoffs, you know, so it was fine. You could give him that tour, you know, send him out the right way. I get that. But I don't understand with Clayton Kershaw, it's like they were trying to put him in spots to, you know, let him shine. It's like he doesn't have the same stuff he used to have. So you cost yourself a shot at the World Series by trying to show some love to Clayton Kershaw. I understand that they love the guy, but I think that, you know, Robert should have, you know, gone with the best pitchers he had at the time. And, and you know, their ace, you know, he wasn't at that point their ace, you know. So it it's kind of disappointing to make that call just because you're trying to show that you appreciate everything the guy's done. Right. You know, if if you're not threatening, you know, like if you're not going to go to the, the, in the case of the NBA, the finals, you know, or something like that, then it's like, yeah, let him have, you know, let him have a, a tour, you know, let him have a retirement tour or whatever. And the same thing with Clayton Kershaw, it's like, if you're not going to go to the World Series or you're not even got a shot at it, you know, then maybe you trot him out there for stuff. But I think they really should have, you know, that was... Stick to their best. They're, they're used to be in that situation instead of making... Because you see, okay, Strasburg came out of the bullpen. Well, that's Strasburg. But does that mean every one of your pitchers have to come out of the bullpen? Did you ever take Hinjin Ryu out of the bullpen? No. Well, now he's signed with the Blue Jays for four years. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know... I think that there were some mistakes made, you know, and a lot of it is because they just go by, you know, analytics and they just go, okay, well, you know, the computer spit out this and said, we need to do this. It's like sometimes, especially with baseball, you got to just make the call as a manager, not based on what you see on the analytics, but, you know, just make the call like you would any other time. Tommy Lasorda, he he managed by his gut. Yeah. He knew that time. Back in '88, Kirk Gibson, who was injured, he hobbling. Was up. <laughs> I mean, he had an injured leg. Yeah, but he just knew that. He just had a feeling. He he knew he was overdue. Yeah. And Kirk Gibson came through in a big way. Yeah, he just it's okay to manage with analytics, but you still don't want to you know take away the purity of the game. Yeah, and I think I I think that it's it's gotten to that point with the Dodgers. And I think now is the time that they need to you know really rethink how they're doing their their management. So. Um, and the, you know, it would really be nice to see the Angels be in, you know, be in the World Series. Would be great. Well, how do you feel about them hiring Joe Madden? I think that's a huge hire. Yeah, it's it is. It's gigantic. Yeah, and, and have Tony Larusa on as a advisory role. Yeah, that'll that'll help a lot. And they've got still the best player in baseball. I mean, Trout is just like amazing. Well, they just signed Anthony Rendon for a long term deal, so Which that's going to help out. So that's going to shore up the infield. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, but you know, you don't win, you don't win World Series without pitching. You know, so you're right. <laughs> yeah. you, you have to have pitching, otherwise, you're not going to win a title. It's just not going to happen. You got to pick up pieces by pieces. Yeah, you know, my Cincinnati Reds. I have to give it up for a small market team. They made some splashes. They signed Mustakis. I mean, they're they're really increasing their offense. They just signed Wade Miley, who actually had a good first half of the year for the Astros, and he kind of teetered off after enough he was injured. They signed him, and they're in the process of signing some really good relievers, so hopefully the Cincinnati Reds get back in there and yeah. at least play play around with the Dodgers. Remember yeah. back in the day, they used to be rivals at one time. Yeah, once upon a time yeah. they were, definitely. You know, Johnny Bench isn't playing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or Eric Davis or any of the other, you know, yeah. the, the 1990 wire-to-wire team. Yeah. But but get back to the basketball game at 11.30. This is probably one of the marquee matchups. Milwaukee Bucks at the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bucks proven they're, okay, we're the best team in the league right now. They're the best team in the league, 27-4. Yeah. and four. And then they did take down the Lakers. Wasn't a good game for the Lakers. They just weren't really shooting the ball well, and you know, in that game. Well, and you had... You you know, AD was hobbled. He wasn't yeah, 100%. He, 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 wasn't he had a good game, but he was still not 100%. You know, and the Greek freak Giannis is just, I mean, he's crazy how good he is. And he's been saying, you know, I'm not supposed to be here because he was not a number one pick. Right. You know, and all these other guys, AD was number one pick, LeBron number one pick. You know, so he's saying, hey, I'm not supposed to be at this level because I wasn't a number one pick. So he's letting people know. I love players like that, though. I love players like Giannis is that he works hard every year in the offseason like Kobe. Yeah. You know, Kobe every year was working on adding some some other element to his game. He's always working on this or that. I remember we, we would go to Laker games, and if you get there early enough, you who do you see out there? Oh, it's Kobe out there. Mary, yeah. you see Kobe out there working on some footwork and working on some moves, and then you end up seeing in a game like, that's cool. Yeah, I don't. And it worked flawlessly. I don't remember Kobe doing any load management. Uh, I was gonna. Oops. That was gonna be one of my questions. I was gonna <laughs> ask you, but let's get into that. What do you think about load management? Um, I understand it, but unless everyone's gonna be doing it. You know, Kawhi's doing it, it's like it gives him an unfair advantage in the postseason because he hasn't played as many games. And I think that maybe one of the things they might consider is if someone's going to do load management, then you have it forced in the playoffs. So you say, okay, you took off this many games during the regular season, so you have to take off this many games in the postseason. So like, interesting. You know, like yeah. take, take one off yeah. where you're not allowed to play because you didn't play. You know, because, you know, sports is still entertainment. Right. And it's all based on fans. You know, fans are what make sports go. And so if you're cheating fans, especially like season ticket holders who show up for a game and the stars that they paid money for those season tickets are not there, how is that fair? You know, that's exactly what LeBron said. He goes, if I'm healthy enough to play, I'm playing. He's like, I get it. You know, you know, you may be up there in age and all, but he's like, there's kids out there who pay to see me play. Yeah. And he goes, and I'm not playing. And I, I really like that. And, and Kobe's the same way. Heck, Kobe played with injuries. Yeah. He Well, he used to say there's a difference between hurt and injured, you know. If you're just hurting, you still get out there and play. He said, if you've got an injury that's keeping you from playing, okay, no problem. But if you're just hurting, you know, oh, my wrist hurts, my arm hurts, my ankle hurts, my but you can still go, then you go. And, you know, played a long time. A lot of these guys played a long time. So for somebody like Kawhi to say, well, you know, I'm trying to, you know, protect my career and have a long career and protect my health and stuff like that, it's like, well, what about all these other guys? For years and years and years, they all played and they all put in their time, and they all gave back to the fans. seems to me you're cheating the fans when you are healthy and you just choose not to play. So 
I think if they're going to do that, then it's like, okay, this series, you have to take two games off. This series, you have to take one game off. This series, you know, and it's like you weren't playing when you were supposed to be. So now this is part of the price of that. It seems like the Clippers are actually doing it with both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and and same thing. Make them take time off, you know, because it does. It gives them an unfair advantage going into the the playoffs, you know, when these guys don't have as many miles on their legs as the guys who've been playing all season long. So That's true, fighting to get to the postseason. Absolutely. There's some low management, I guess, you can do. If you're blowing a team out, there's no need for you to be playing in the fourth quarter. You can can shave off time there. but, But you still showed up in the game. Right. And you still were there for the fans. Right. And again... It's driven by fans. It's not, you know. Yeah. If you're paying those kinds of prices that you're paying now for these NBA games and you show, oh, Kawhi Leonard's not playing. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's who I paid to come see. And And he's telling me he's taking the night off because he wants to. Uh, It doesn't seem right. Yeah. It's a different world these days. You know, and even the NBA is like soften up the schedule, kind of spread things out. I mean, NBA starting in the middle of October now. Remember, it used to start on Halloween or the first week of November, and and they try to help so that, you know, players could be ready for the next game because you want to have the, you know, top quality players. But here's the thing the NBA was trying to spin out. They are wanting to do, just shorten the season by four games, which, okay, four games. And then have a midseason tournament. Yeah, yeah, a midseason tournament. Like they're just completely changing the whole dynamic of uh, of the NBA and the history of it. Well, I don't what they're proposing. I just don't even see it happening because they're saying that for the midseason tournament, tournament you get you know the players get a million bucks. If these guys are making you know several million dollars, it's like why would I you know a million dollars? That's just it's not worth it. I'll stay home. You know, it's like. Again, that would be something where they might go and get injured, you know, playing in some sort of a tournament. A meaningless tournament. Yeah. yeah. You know, versus, you know, playing a regular season yeah. like They play you for championships. Do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they don't retire a guy's jersey for midsummer tournaments, you know. I mean, it's... No, no. Know. And it just changes the whole history of the NBA. It's like, look, I get it. They want to be forward-thinking, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I get it that it's a global sport. You know, they're playing games in other countries now, and... Yeah, I mean... I understand when you change from a peach basket to a rim with a net, you got to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but to do these wacky things they're talking about, like mid tournaments that they want to do, it's like mid season tournament. I just don't get it. You know, it just doesn't make sense. It's too much. It's not college ball. Like college basketball, they do these little miniature tournaments, but it's just merely geared towards your college schedule. Like you know, the UCI just came off a small little invitational tournament, but it's like you know, two three games and you're done. You know, yeah, and then of course you have the big dance. Well, yeah. first you have the conference tournament, then the big dance. That's just the way college basketball is structured. But the NBA is just a whole different beast. I mean, this is these are pro athletes. Yeah, and you can't compare the two in terms of how they schedule things because you know, look at how many teams there are in college. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you don't have that big of a field in the NBA. So, so. you have to do those tournaments yeah. where the NBA. I mean, even then, even Charles Barkley uh, even has said that there's probably too many NBA teams. Yeah, and they, I know they talked about like doing some, you know, another change they want to do is like do reseeding, you know, reseed the playoffs, you know, as it goes along. True. Yeah, maybe there might be something to that. Maybe I don't know, but again, there's some of these things where it's like if you get too far away from what's traditional basketball. It starts to take away everything that right. that you know about it. If so. you want to reseed, then just get rid of the divisions. Just to have a Western yeah. Conference and Eastern Conference. That's and, it. And call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then your top eight teams will go to the postseason. Yep. 
and then, and then you won't have to reseed. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. how you want to play it. But it's fun to have divisions because then you have division rivals, and you can see, you know, especially here on the West Coast, we want to see more of the West Coast teams, you know, going at it. Yeah, I one of the changes I would like to see, and it's not really about schedule so much as is I would love to see the league MVP award taken away from the riders. You know, the sports riders have the vote. I'd love to see that go away. Have the coaches and the players vote because you know they've you know the riders have turned the MVP award into a popularity contest. Yes, they have. You know, and the proof of that again, maybe I'm biased because I'm a Kobe fan, but there's no way that he's got one league MVP, especially you know they gave back to back, you know, to Steve Nash, to Steve yeah. Nash, and one of those came in the year when Kobe not only scored 81 points in a game, but the more impressive stat to me of his scoring was when he scored 65 points in three quarters against Dallas, outscored the entire Dallas Mavericks team in three quarters. And if they had left him in for the fourth quarter, he might have been able to get to Wilt's number and got to 100, you know, because he was on fire that day. And they took him out. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. You know, so, so, and he did both of those in the same season. And everyone goes, well, you know, Dallas or Raptors, it's like, yeah, all the teams play those guys and nobody else is scoring 81. No one else was scoring 65 and three quarters. So, you know, that's pretty significant. But it seemed like the Riders, you know, didn't like Kobe. So, you know, they were always coming up with excuses for why he shouldn't be MVP. You know, it's like for a long time they gave it, you know, who had the scoring title, you know. Yeah. Jordan used to get those. You know, but um, Jordan is also all defensive, you know, player as well. And so was Kobe. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and so that year when he had he had the scoring title, he had it all. Kobe and, was still voted on the all defensive team as well. Yeah, and still couldn't get yeah. a second league MVP. So that's why I say take it away from the Riders. Take you know, make it a meaningful that's a award. Good point. You know, and not have it a popularity contest. Make it a meaningful award that the players and the coaches vote on. They say, no, no, this guy was the best. He was the best, you know, and and then it means something. But right now, it's just like it's a joke of an award right now. No, you're right. It, it really is. It, it, it's a popularity contest. It's whatever the writers. And, and I got a question. Do these writers ever play basketball or play on the <laughs> professional level? To no, play but, on that level? No, but they're all experts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's it's kind of frustrating because – you know, um, I mean, you just, Shaquille should have had a couple MVPs. He only had has one. Yeah, it, you know, well, and it, the year that he got almost unanimous voting, one guy voted for Allen Iverson, which, you know, still to me one of the most overrated players in basketball history. People would say, "Oh, but you know, he goes in there amongst the trees, and he's only six one." It's like, yeah, Derek Fisher was six one, and he used to take charges from the trees. You know, he, yeah. I mean, so it's like I never saw Allen Iverson step in and take a charge. You know, and Iverson, you know, he he was so disappointed when he found out that you only get a credit for a steal when you take it from somebody on the other team. You know, cause he used to he used to steal from his own guys. They did. Uh, they brought in some forensic experts and they dusted the ball. The only prints on it were his. <laughs> so, Passed to himself. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, he was way yeah. overrated. His shooting percentages were horrible. Well, he scored 30 points. Yeah, he took 500 shots. I mean, you know, it's it, it just he wasn't that impressive, and people just, I don't know, they had something with him, you know. 
Maybe she asked the writers, what does MVP stand for? Exactly. Most valuable player, the most points scored yeah. in the season? Well, so that's 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 the whole thing is that because there's not a hard definition, they have the flexibility to, to keep people out. So, it you know, at some point it should be if you're going to start a team today, who's the first guy you would pick? Clearly, that's the most valuable guy in the league. But the riders would turn around and go, no, 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 no. It's got to be who's the most valuable to their team. Like if you took him off their team, would the team still do as well? It's like that's not a league yeah. award. That's a team award. So if you want to give a team award, go ahead. But if you're talking about the league, it should be if you started a team today, who's the first guy you would pick? You know, and back when Kobe was in his prime, it's like it would be him every year, just like Jordan. Yeah. You know, but no, we'll we'll give it to somebody else. We'll give it to Steve Nash two years in a row. Don't want to get into sour yeah. grapes. I just think Kobe should have more league MVPs than he did. I, I agree, but you think about it, this is a team sport, but yet we're giving out individual achievements. Sure. Which, you know, you know, everybody wants to see that and which is actually kind of cool that you know you have things like uh, you know all team defense and all you know NBA all team you know which is cool because that's yeah. kind of a, a team you know more than an individual thing it's more of a team thing so but, but anyway yes. Milwaukee Bucks at Philadelphia 76ers and there's another one Joel Embiid yeah who gets uh, gets some criticism and I think you know Shaq kind of laid it into him like you know you, you need to like step it up and yeah, they kind of been up and down Philadelphia. They're twenty-two and ten, so they're going to have their hands full with the Bucks because the Bucks are just a really, really good team. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It, yeah. It's going to be hard to beat those guys, no matter where you're playing. Well, the game that we've all been waiting for, the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers <laughs> finally got themselves a team, even though they're doing some low management. You know, that's that's what they do. That's what they're doing. But I do have to go back and. Man, I really like what you you said. Is that okay? You're not going to play in this game because you're just you're healthy, but you're not playing. Then that should be a marking in the postseason where you miss two games of every series. Exactly, and yeah. then you then guys will be thinking twice about load management because yeah. then the, the the teams will start going, "No, dude, we're going to need you in in the postseason for every game." So we we've got to figure out another way to do this. You know, it's kind of like the New England Patriot effect. <laughs> you yeah. always try to like you know stretch and find new ways to do things and you know prolong certain things and yeah yeah well and with this game you know right now you've got uh uh lebron and ad are both questionable questionable. yeah you know so if neither one of them plays then it's really not going to be a rematch it's really not going to be a marquee game it's going to be yeah just whatever so i'm sure the league is probably um wringing their hands over christmas day because christmas day is usually a big day for them you know in terms of viewership and you know market share of right. you know so so i think that the games that they've got scheduled aren't going to be as you know uh, exciting as they would like them to be so the two morning games probably will be you know yeah. the first two games in, you know on the slate and then you throw in the rockets golden state obviously they they maybe should do a flex schedule for christmas yeah like nfl does you know for their sunday night games yeah yeah and then, of course, the the night game. I mean, Denver. You know, they're they're a good young team, but New Orleans. You know, the <laughs> Lakers two point oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just going to be like, okay, I, I think I'm done with basketball for the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, it's fun to watch. You know, the ex Lakers. You know, yeah. playing. It's you know, you start to speculate. Well, would they be doing that if they were on this team? You know, if they were on the Lakers still, would they be able to do what they're doing now? You know. 
But um, eh, I, it's 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 so hard to say. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know different systems, different coaches. Well, you know, with the Lakers, you got Frank Vogel. You got Jason Kidd as an assistant coach. So you got a lot going on with just with that, just a whole different dynamic. Um, can we real quick touch yes. on hockey? Yes. So we, we, we just got hockey. a couple minutes left. Yeah. So last week I actually had a guest on, Mark Dean. You remember Mark yeah. Dean, who has season ticket holders. We talked a lot about the Ducks last week. Yeah. So, and what did he have to say? Says they're a good young team. He says uh, general manager Bob Murray just needs to be patient with these young guys. But he said there's two 18-year-old kids that they drafted in the first round this year that are down in the Seagulls. Uh, playing for the Seagulls right now, he says hopefully they'll get brought up because they're two prolific scorers. That's and awesome. the way the hockey's going, it's there's a lot of young players that have been brought up and they're killing it. So that's kind of what the Ducks need. They kind of did lose some defensive men, and they just kind of build that back up again. And just more or less, it's it's just getting the young guys being the right spots to play the game as far as a st- strategic. They got the energy. They're very exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. They just got to, like he says, they're atrocious on power plays, and they got to close out around the net. That's kind of like that in a nutshell. Yeah, and, I, you know, sometimes you, you watch and it's like, we need more shots on goal because you can't produce goals if you're not shooting at the net. You know what I mean? it's That's how hockey works. Yeah. You know, so they need to spend more time, you know, at the proper end of the of the ice and, and you know, get some shots on goal. So. But we agree that – John Gibson's definitely one of the top three goalies in the league. Yeah, he's he's pretty amazing between the pipes. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good thing to see. But the Ducks, they're 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 young and exciting. Where the Kings, they just kind of fallen off. So eventually, uh, they're going to have to kind of do the rebuild. Yeah, and then we're just talking about just California teams like San Jose just dropped way off. Yeah, 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 kind of yeah. plummeted there, but. But the Ducks, no, they're exciting. I, I went to a game this year against Winnipeg, and you know they scored a lot of goals in that game. They're, but there's a few mistakes that the the young guys made where they gave up goals. It's like if they clean that up and just you know what they call mid ice, you know when you're in the middle of the ice, is to protect that area. Yeah. Well, you, you can't have that. You can't have that turnovers on the wrong side of the ice. Yeah. I. Uh, the one thing I was noticing is that Washington's still doing well. I know they're not. A, California team. Washington's doing well and they've got Ovechkin still out there playing and it would be funny to see you know if Washington was actually to win the Stanley Cup and you had that Walgreens team win the the World Series you know you know, Walgreens you know they won the <laughs> yeah they've got that Walgreens W yeah. on their uniform but uh, yeah so anyway it's been great Kev thank you um, quick shout out to Beth and Bryce and the girls uh, listening online and uh, for all my friends come on out and see One Less Monkey check us out onelessmonkey.com yes that's onelessmonkey.com this is Steph Maffey our annual Christmas show sports show you heard a lot here a little bit of history a little bit of uh, what's going on in today's sports and uh, it's only going to get better it's always going to get better yeah but until then, all sports matters. And you can check me out on KCI.org, Sports Matters. You just click on into uh, our SoundCloud. I'll have this podcast up on Thursday because I have to work both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yep. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Festivus to the rest of us. I love it.